G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of the round 7 podcast for the extended bench. So we're going to dive straight back into the Sunday games where we left off. Uh, the first one up was Carlton versus North Melbourne and look there have been a lot of smashings what this the round. Hell happened? But this was a smashing. What the hell happened? This here? was incredible. So North Melbourne just demolished them. Um, and because it's North Melbourne and they suck the life out of fantasy football, there were some okay scores, but there weren't particularly great scores. Um, Trent Dumont, who's a draft guy at best, was yep. was really great with 103. 123. 123. Sorry, my apologies to North Melbourne. You, um, you just stole a whole yeah, 20 points off Yeah, I'll, I'll apologize to Brad Scott via tweet. Um <laughs> All right, so the next guy on the list, oh, Zebel. Uh, now we actually do need to talk about Zebel. Uh, but we maybe we do it in the questions rather than here. Yeah, okay, I guess. Um, we do need to talk about Zebel. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Um, I don't want to, but we will. Um, all right, Cam Zohar was amazing as well with 104. Yeah, I, he's not kicking five goals every week, guys. No, and he's, he's going to struggle this week. North Melbourne are going to struggle again this uh, week. I. Wouldn't mind grabbing him off the waivers in a keeper league. Yeah. He's a stash, though, for... I, I think once, if, North can turn the um, the corner and become a challenger at some point, yeah, he will really capitalise then because he's a small forward and yeah. he'll have more opportunities to kick goals. But there's a lot to like about him watching yeah. him play. So I like him as a stash and a deep keeper. 100%. Um now, if you picked him up as a, a rookie price player in salary cap, that well done because he's made 95k so far and is up to 350. But he's too expensive now. Don't go and grab him. Yep. He's, he's a small forward. He's likely to get 40 next week. Agreed. Um, and and that will really hurt his break even. Um, okay, so the rest you had some middling scores in the 90s. Not too bad for some of the regular draft guys like Goldie and Higgins. But there's nothing particularly of note there that I want to talk about from North Melbourne. So. Uh, Nikolaki, who was some that a lot of people had a look at from a rookie point of view in salary cap, he scored just a 33 in an absolute smashing where a tall forward might have done well. Um, So yeah, he's probably going out of the side soon. Um, I would suggest, if it's not this week, because you may keep your spot in a 60-point drubbing, but you know I think he's going to struggle a bit going forward. Um, All right, Carlton. Um, Not much to talk about here either, to be honest. Paddy Cripps eventually just (laughs) broke away from... A terrible start to finish on 111. Took which him a while, fantastic. but he worked his way there. Took him a while and a couple of goals in there as well. Cripps is one guy who I think we should be looking at it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. For the, I mean, he's owned by like 44% of the comp. Oh, so it's... the 50 odd percent that don't own him, his break even is 137 mm-hmm. because of a couple of poorer rounds. Ooh, lower scores, but they were still solid. Yeah, so he's 799k at the moment. He sh- should be dropping further in the next fortnight or so. I think maybe think be next able- week, because he yeah. might come close to about 120, 130 this week, and if he does, then next week's the week to grab him when he's about 785k. Yeah. He's got Collingwood next week, so... They could- don't match up. They, yeah. they don't give a shit, Collingwood. So, like, Cripps could get 130 and Collingwood will still win by, you know... 50, 60 yeah. points easily. Or they might just not be able to get their hands on it at all. True. So, But, yeah, Cripps just gets his own hand on the ball. Like If, if the rest of the Carlton team just does terribly, he, he doesn't care. He, yeah. he finds his own ball. Um, all right, some of the other players. I mean, Dale Thomas, uh, Andrew Phillips, Zach Fisher, some of these draft guys were solid. Um, Walsh keeps on keeping on. Yeah, oh, Walsh just, I mean, he's absolutely a hold. An 81 from a rookie price player. He's just... He might go up and down a little bit and waver from his current price because I believe he's got a break even of about 85, which is 
85, 10, yeah. 10 points under his average of 95. So it's, you know, it's enough to hold him until the buys. But I then, would be holding him until the buys. You're going to have bigger issues than him. Yeah. So he, you hang on to him. Yeah. And Gibbons was fairly solid with a 61 as well, to be yeah. honest. That's not too bad for a forward rookie who's slowly getting you some cash. Gibbons is another slow burn. Break uh, even at 27, averaging 55. You don't have to move him on anytime mm-hmm. soon. He's just bringing a little bit in each I week. Ho- I hope you all out there didn't bring in Stocker. That's that's for one thing. Because yep. even though Carlton basically, you know, sold the house to bring him in, um, he's going to take a little. He's going to take a long time, and he's being played out of position. Really, um, he is a midfielder. He he's was in, a midfielder at underage midfielder mid- at underage level, yeah. And he's been played in defence, yep. so. The team needed it because there were so many defenders out. Cade Simpson, Nick Newman. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's he's not going to do well scoring in defense. Um, even at VFL level, I think he was averaging about 45. Yeah, he wasn't averaging heaps. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next game, which was Geelong versus the Bombers. And Geelong just looked comfortable in this game. It just, you know, they didn't yeah. need to do much, but they got there in the end. The fantasy scoring was amazing. So many players breaking the ton and so many just getting underneath that as well. So, Mitch Duncan, uh, all right, I was going to just list off a few of these guys, but there's some relevant ones in there. So, Gary Ablett Jr., he's just been suspended, so he's likely to miss this week unless he challenges. absolutely challenge They will. And he might get off because he's a champion player. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Good guy. Yeah, the good guy defense. But looking at the footage, I think he probably should. Well, he should. Based on uh, past instances, he should miss a week. Um, But who knows how that'll play out. Exactly. Uh, He's a good guy, though. Um, So, (laughs) Gary Ablett Jr., 116. He's actually been scoring very well. I'm still not keen to get him into my fantasy side because, again, he's going to be rested at some stage. Yeah, that's the one thing concerning me. But the forward line is like a barren wasteland Mm -hmm. apart from the top two or three guys. So, I mean... I think he's probably in the conversation for top six at the end of the year. He is. Um, so it's just, do you want him in your side and in going into fantasy finals knowing that he could very well be rested in the last few rounds? Because if they're making actual AFL final Geelong, we can guarantee you well, that Ablett rests hand, in round 23. On the one hand, no, I don't. But on the other hand, who do I want in his place? True. I mean, it's not the worst thing just to go, right, I'll pay whatever Gary Ablett's doing if he is there about at... Um, uh, fantasy finals time if he's still one of the top six averaging forwards because most people will have him and then everyone will have to get rid of him in grand yeah. final week. Yeah. I mean, the positive is if he is suspended for this week, then that's one of his rests out of the way. Yes. Yeah. Like this, yeah, that's true. That is that is one positive. Enforced rest. Scheduled rest. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I legit can say, I know that's a long way off, but I can see a rest in oh, round 23 happening. He is happening. 100% getting rested at some point at the um, end of the year. Okay, so Cam Guthrie, we've got a couple of questions about him, so we'll leave we'll him leave off. Him. Uh, Tim, Tim Kelly, Kelly outstanding. Menegola got back into the uh, the good books this week, but mm-hmm. he has been pretty down I think this he's year. the he's, weak link from scoring. Yeah. Um, yeah, bear in mind, Selwood didn't play this round. Yep. Um, so there were a few more midfield minutes to go mm-hmm. around for Menegola. Good to see uh, Tom Stewart score well again with... Um, uh, actually, was Tui in the side this no, week? Tui he was, was a late, late out. out. Ah, there we go. So we still haven't seen much of a sample size for Stewart and Tui in the, no. the same team. So that'll be Not interesting really. to see going forward. And Brian Myers. Oh, what a man. Oof. What a name. What a mighty good man, because this guy is is doing bloody well in the forward line for us. 444k, averaging 73, break-even of 24, and plays north next up. Oh, I'm keen. He is a keep. Keen. Yeah, he's definitely... Well, when you say keep, he is a hold until after the buys or during the buys, because 
He's not someone that you have to stress about getting rid of, and because he's quite comfortably playing on the field, he's scoring very solidly. There's not too much standard deviation there. When he gets up to his highest price, or what you think his highest price will be when his average meets mm-hmm. um, his break even. you know break even, uh, he won't fluctuate too much. He's not going yeah. to lose you a lot of cash after that. So you yeah. can hold him for a bit longer after that period. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm I'm playing him on my field quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, Get rid of Jordan Clark, just if I can give oh. anyone one piece of information. Look, it's unfortunate. He's a, going to be a very good player. There's yeah. too many halfbacks. Tui comes back in if he does this week. Clark is the guy that's being replaced. So, in the previous um, recording where we did the port ranking of all the rookies to move on, yep. Clark, for me, is right up there in contention for the number one spot to move on. Yeah, It's yep. either Butters or Clark is the number one rookie that needs toss, to be Toss of the coin, easily. And um, Clark is still owned by 18% of teams. Yeah, he needs to be gotten rid of, guys. Um, so, the other one, uh, just quickly before we move on to the Bombers, is Paddy Dangerfield. Now, if you put the captaincy on Paddy Dangerfield, that sucks. This is just pure bad luck. We feel for you. like That, that, that is pure bad luck. The role wasn't there this week because he did cop a couple of injuries mid-game. They just chucked him to full forward. He wasn't moving particularly well. Look, at 39 for a captain sucks, but that's just luck because the stats supported putting the C on him and you can't exactly turn around and say it was a bad decision at the time because it wasn't. It was a good decision. It was a good it decision. Was just bad luck. It just didn't work out well. Now, when it comes to the future what for Paddy Dangerfield, uh, the, the answer's simple. If he is announced as injured this week, if he is not playing, you trade him. Simple as that. If he is not injured, if he is playing, you hold him because he's definitely going to be a top forward at the end of the year. There's no question about that. And he could quite easily bounce back if he's, you know, it depends on how much of a sookie lala he was, you know, sort of doing with those injuries. So I'm not 100% convinced that you do automatically move him on if he misses a week. Or with knee, when it comes to a knee and an ankle, I would be The only reason is because if you move him on, well, all right, so it depends if they come out and say exactly what the injury actually Mm -hmm. is. Yes. So if it's just he's a little bit sore, they're going to give him a week off to rest it up. Mm -hmm. I'm holding him particularly if I'm someone that has already moved on Whitfield and is trying to figure out a way to get him back in a few weeks. Yeah. I don't want to be in the same position with another top-line player in a different line. Okay. I think that's too much to bite off at well, the just, same just time. Just to keep in mind for prices, he is now 724k and 153 break-even. Coming back from an injury mm. where he's likely to play up forward a little bit more. Now, don't get me wrong. If he plays this week, you still hold him. It doesn't matter about that price yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's just going to um, be there. Yeah. But even if he only misses one week for me, I trade him. A lot of money to have on the bench, and there's no yeah. qu- there's no um, guarantee that he's going to come back the week after and smash out a hundred again. Like, oh yeah, I I know that. But my thing is just all right. So I had Whitfield, mm-hmm. traded him out to use the cash elsewhere. Yes, that's all good. I want to get Whitfield back in at some point because I think he's going to be top six at the end of the year. Agreed. Even though he's going to drop in price a lot, yep. it's something that's on my to-do list that I have to get done mm-hmm. at some point. Yes, I don't want to have to do the same thing with Danger as well because I'm worried that there's too much shit that's going to go wrong and I'm not going to be able to do it. That's I would, my concern. I would 100% agree with you. I would be all aboard with that argument. and I would have been aboard with this argument in 2015 or 2014, back when we had limited trades. So now that we have two trades every single week and we have three trades every week of the buys, mm-hmm. I would 100% be moving them on. Because you can do that. You can juggle it around. You can put Paddy Dangerfield down to someone who you feel 
will be a top six forward at the end of the year. You can make some cash there. You can upgrade someone else, and then you can bring in Paddy Dangerfield later for maybe 650k. I'm just concerned with the the carnage that we've seen this year, and the number of rookies that are getting close to needing to move on, and the juggling with the team that it's. I'm just concerned it's going to be biting off too much. See, with the money that you get from a Paddy Dangerfield down to someone else, if you've got a little bit stashed away, you could move a rookie like Drew or Parker up to up to a middling forward that you think, like a, a Jack Zebel or someone like that, or a Dunkley if you want to yeah, take yeah. a punt on that, to, to then, if you feel that their role has changed, move upwards in price. Um, I, I feel that there's just a lot of juggling you have to do when we have so many trades if you want to be at the top mm. end of the league. Yeah, no, no um, I can't argue with that necessarily. I'm just, just wary. Yeah, it's it's a very old adage because I feel <clears throat> exactly the same way when I'm making these trades mm-hmm. because I'm still almost in the mindset of five, six years ago when we had limited trades in traditional dream team structure. There's, yeah, uh, for me, it's not that. It's I'm looking at my team and I'm going... He needs to go, 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 and all of them need to go in the next fortnight. Well, and I don't have enough trades to do that. I don't want to be adding someone else on as well yeah. when they might just miss a week because they're a little bit sore. Mm. Yeah, I, I I, sort of get that, but at the same point, yeah, anyway, I think not we've, so we've, much. We've expressed I, I, our I, yeah, so you're, so you're on the hold even <clears> if he's there for one week, so if it's just a soreness thing? Having said that, I was on the hold for Whitfield last week as well, and I ended up trading him because... When the team because of came out, I needed to do it. So yeah. you got to be flexible. Yeah, go in with a plan, but you got to be flexible when team lists come out. So two schools of thought. See what you think, and uh, and hit us up if you do have any questions at Extended Bench AU on Twitter. We're more than happy to give you a bit of a hand, and uh, we'll probably just argue in the background about it anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've talked about Paddy Dangerfield. Onto the Bombers. Not much here to report, really. I mean, Dylan Shield has been solid all year. Zach Merritt. Um, Probably hoping for more than this, but this is still very solid for a premium yeah, player. And he's still and cheap. He's still cheap. He was, uh, you could get him in underpriced. No issues with 104. It's just he looked like he was going to get a bigger score at halftime. I think he was on close to 69 or 70. So, you know, we might have been expecting 130, but 104 is still solid. Um, and then there's just draft guys after that. There's no one in particular that I would be happy having in my team at the moment. Even Devin Smith... I thought he was a guaranteed top six at the start of the year as a forward, and he's just been scoring so poorly. Yeah, me too. I actually looked at his numbers today to, because I saw how cheap he was, mm. but he's there's a reason he's that cheap. His scores this year have just not been good. Oh, they've been absolutely horrible. And so his highest... He's, he's got to the ton once this year. Mm. No, it's it's not particularly great. It, we're, we're not super keen on De- Devin Smith at all Having this year. Having said that, Essendon have got a pretty good run coming up for... They got Sydney, mm-hmm. Frio, Richmond, and Carlton. Yeah, um, and then the bye. Still not keen. I'd have to see at least two weeks of him back to back scoring around about or over a hundred yeah, before I, I would consider. Um, because he would still be underpriced either way. Um, all right. Yeah. So, is there anyone else from Essendon you want to bring up, or shall we move on to the last game of the round? Uh, I think we move on. All right. Let's move to the uh, the Crows versus the Dockers. Now, this was a Jeez. ridiculously low scoring. Affair, but the Dockers seemed to go in with a bit of a plan, which was good. So they knew that they wouldn't beat them in a, uh, a shootout at Adelaide Oval. So they tried and to lock boy, it was down. It not a shootout. It was a classic Dockers game. Uh, Ross Lyon did his thing, and yeah. they were in it until the end because it was so low scoring. Um, it's just they kicked away towards the uh, the end of the match. Now, fantasy wise, some great scores there from the Crows, and even on the Dockers side of things. So Maddie Crouch. 120, but he had o- almost 40 possessions, I think. So <laughs> the classic Matty Crouch game. <laughs> it's 
40 possessions, 21 of them handballs, only four marks and three tackles. He could have gone like 150 plus in this game. He's going to be top eight and he's going to be in your team at some point in the year, but his price is just sitting where it is. It's not really moving, so just grab him when when you've got a a chance. Not bringing in Riley O'Brien when he was named is one of the most annoying things that has happened to me this pre- yeah, this year. Because Source Jacobs was only missing a week. Yeah, exactly. If if we had known that Source Jacobs was missing bloody what two months or whatever he was, he's now missing. Um, mm. I would have brought him in without a hesitation because you know he's the only ruckman they have. Yeah, and even if he scored halfway decent, it would have been okay. But so the he's, fact he's now four hundred and fifty-two thousand. Oh my god, he's gone up two hundred and twenty k. Jesus, his break even's nine. Oh, it, it, it yeah. actually hurts to hear those stats. Like a lot, if you brought him in, fantastic. That is awesome. Well done, but. Geez, it hurts seeing those that extra bit of cash that you could have in your pocket right now. Yep. Um, some of the other players that were good, I mean, a lot of draft guys, Cam Ellis Yolman, Tom Lynch. Um, Rory Sloan was solid without being spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not sold on Rory Sloan for the end of the year. Agreed. Um, Rory Laird was, again, solid without being spectacular. I brought him in last week and I was happy with that because mm-hmm. I got Rory Laird for under 700k, which yeah. is super cheap. And he's just going to chug along around about an average of 100 for the rest of the year and be safe in my top six um, defenders at the end. Yeah. Uh, anyone else you want to bring up from a... Alex Keith was down this week, but was super important throughout the match. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. didn't quite get the amount of marks that he has been. Um, and zero tackles. So he only had three marks and, and no tackles in yeah. there. So the rest of them are just draft guys and yeah. most of them didn't go great so no, yeah. we'll move on alright we'll move on to Frio uh, and Nat Fife was outstanding now he was one that we both talked about bringing in last week at the 715k price neither of us did I don't no, think no we didn't we didn't but, but um, I think he is sorry as I try and bring up his stats um, he's now 726k so he's still very affordable very, very affordable, affordable. Only 7.5% of the comp own him, so a great point of difference. I love it. Break even of 97, which you think he would make. He's been really consistent this year. Yeah. Four of his six scores have gone over 100, mm-hmm. and three of those have gone over 119. Yeah. If you can scrounge, if, if you've got absolutely no money in the coffers at the moment, and you can scrounge up 180k from a downgrade of one of your rookies, you can get Liberatore to Fife, and that is an awesome move. move. I love um, that move. Because it's a lot to get to the Trelaws or the McCrays or any of those sorts of players in terms yep. of their price, or Gaff. Um, but but five, five is uh, just that little bit cheaper. The way he's playing, he's he's up there with those guys. He's in the contention for, mm-hmm. for to, yeah to be right up there at the yeah. end of the year. Well, I, I and he's one of those guys that when he's on song, opposition teams can't really stop him. No, he's like a Paddy Cripps. You can't tag Nat Fife when he's fit and firing. You just can't do it because he's just too big and strong, and he'll tackle his way to getting the ball, or he'll mark contest yeah. it. Yeah, it's, and he's got Richmond and Optus this week. So great scoring off. So should he should go well this Captaincy week. option if you bring him in this week. Yeah. Um, Dave Mundy was solid again after his three hundy last week. Um, <laughs> yep. I'm not bringing him in in salary cap though. Still, no. Um, I think they no. Not I think old. there's too much of a danger of him just dropping away. And also uh, uh, the uh, the young kid. Oh, what's what's his name? Uh, 
defender had an injury preseason, just Blakely. coming back now. Blakely, thank you. you. Think Blakely um, comes in. Blakely this week. comes he in this week. It up in the waffle takes the some midfield time away from Dave Mundy, I would suggest, <laughs> yeah. and Mundy might play more on the half back flank or half forward flank. I think that makes a lot of sense to protect his body as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got to keep Dave Mundy going because he's just such an icon of that club now, um, and he's such a good player he's still. A, he's a great user, a great decision maker. So yeah, I agree. They got to protect him a little bit from being right in the contest yeah. the entire game and then some draft guys like Luke Ryan Reese Conker were really solid Reese Conker I mean he's had a couple of good games now and then but he seems to disperse hundreds with the 50s so he's not really a guy I would not look consistent at. and it's difficult to actually pick the game where he's yeah it, do, well. it doesn't seem to be the uh, <laughs> the streamable sort of option who will do well against a poorer club that you can pick it's just a random event yep agreed um and, and yeah, so there are not too many others. I mean, maybe we'll just mention Matt Tabner quickly, who was looking like being an incredible forward for the first month or so right of the competition. Until everyone realised who he was. And yeah. He... yeah, I really hope no one actually brought into that and, and decided to bring Matt Tabner in. I feel sorry for the people that did, because I'm yeah. sure someone would have. Yeah. And, and with that, I think we're going to end our wrap of round seven of the AFL season. So that's been all the games, and we're going to dive straight into your questions off of Twitter now, because we've got a yep. lot to get through. And there were a lot of things that we actually just were like, oh, we'll cover that in the questions. Yeah, so we'll. <laughs> I feel like we actually have to add to some of these now. So first up off Twitter, we had a question from T-Mac, who's saying, uh, this year in AFL Fantasy, I've traded in Rocky, Whitfield, and Adams the week that they've been injury affected. Should Dunkley owners be worried? Also, what the fuck... I, I, I'm assuming they should be if you're going to trade him in this week. Yeah. Uh, also, what the fuck danger, a.k.a. Captain Suki Suki Lala. <laughs> Why am I good in draft but average in salary cap and keepers? All right, that's a rant, more so than a specific yeah. question. Um, I like it. Yep. Because everyone needs to get it out after a terrible round like that. A Dunkley owner should always be worried. Yes, because anyone who owns Bulldogs players should be worried because at the whim of Luke Beveridge, who's pretty much like Thanos just snapping his fingers, anything could happen week to week. Yep. And I'm coming in hard with the Avengers references yeah, now that I've seen it. I did like um, that. So, yeah. Um, danger. Yeah, look. Unlucky, uh, but on the plus sucks. side, everyone had him. Yeah, exactly. Everyone had him, and I'd say 50% or maybe even higher of the people that did have him put the C on him. Yeah, this I, week. I think I did see a stat. He was like the most captain or the second most by, captain. By or far. Because, and it's because of the um, the legends that are the traders, obviously. And uh, Calvin does his captain's choices every week, and... and Pretty much everyone who does fantasy reads that. Uh, and Andrew Gaff was the highest choice. He only had an ownership last round of 4.7%. So, you know, the next best was Dangerfield, and he was the most captained. The one thing with Danger that I will quickly say on that, actually, is I remember a game a couple of years ago where he got injured early in the first quarter. I think it was the Easter Monday game, mm-hmm. and he went to full forward and was actually pretty good up in that game. Yeah. But after the game, there were a couple of people that came out because it looked when he went down like he was gone for the game mm. and for weeks. And he played the next week. Yeah. And a couple of people close to him came out after the game and went, that's just how he is. Sometimes mm-hmm. when he gets a hit, he can't really shake it off in the game. Yeah. So it, it just... We've seen that before. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that helped T-Mac and hope that little rant got it out after a hard weekend. Um, next question is from James at James Plays FS, uh, who asks, Zebel and Westoff, can we trust either of Hell them? Hell no. No, you can't trust Zebel or Westoff, but we might have to. We, we might have to, yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing for me, I'm not keen on Westoff whatsoever because... I just don't think the role is going to continue with both Lysett and Ryder in the side. I think, you know, he's not 
the second Ruckman anymore. He's not going to get around the contest as much. He's going to have a few good games here and there. He may even have a patch of good games, but yeah. I don't think it'll be consistent. So when I saw this question, I went, oh, no, but if I have to go one of them, it's probably Westhoff. Then I looked at his numbers, and they're all over the place this year. Yeah. He's gone from 120 to 65 to a couple of weeks in the 40s and 50s, mm. back up to 95, 111. He's all over the place. Yeah, I'm, I'm not keen on him. So, no, I, I don't and think I, we can I haven't noticed a ridiculous change in role from him either. So, no. he seems to be doing the same thing. It's just some weeks are better and some weeks aren't. So, that's a no on West off from us, James. But, Zebel, <sighs> I know this hurts you. It actually hurts me as well, and I don't... I don't dislike okay. Zebel. Like I'm, go- I'm going to explain my my history with Zebel in terms of why I do not like him. Now, the thing is with Jack Zebel, when he plays in the midfield and he is listed as a midfielder in fantasy, he's rubbish. He's average at best yep. because he could average. He's probably going to average in 95 to 98 somewhere around about that. Yep. As a midfielder, yeah, that's okay, but you don't want him in your side at the end of the year. And in drafts, he's only middle of the ground. Yes. If he is listed as he was this year as a forward and he is playing up forward, you still don't want him because he's playing up forward and he sucks for fantasy scoring when he's up there. But here's the key. He seems to have switched back to a midfield role and he's still listed as the a last forward. last two weeks, he's gone 100 and 105. And in those two weeks, he has played Midfield. midfield. Almost 100% midfield. Now, that is the key. So, if he has forward status and he's playing as a midfielder, I don't mind getting on board. Particularly at 532k. 530, sorry, 535k. That is so damn cheap. Yep. Um, however... The thing is, it's Zeebo. <laughs> and he could very easily next week go back into the forward line. And keep in mind, he has a season low score of 32. Yes. Where he played as a full forward and touched the ball, what, eight times? Yep. So, he's the gone other back thing to, to I'm, keep in mind. I'm, at the moment, are you my tentative trades. Oh. Zeebel is in my forward line no. for salary cap. Yeah, it's, it's like happened. I don't even know you. Yeah, it's happened, man. It has happened. Do you feel okay? No, actually. Uh, uh, I feel uh, uh, sick <laughs> to my stomach, but he's, he's in there, man. He's in there. Wow. The, the main thing that's actually putting me off a bit is he plays Geelong this week. But look at his run after that. Have after you that, it's pretty Have you good. seen his run after yeah, that? Sydney, Bulldogs, Richmond, Gold Coast, and then the bye. That's an awesome lead into the his bye. His run to the bye. And if he gets you enough cash over that month, fuck. You're, you're sitting pretty. So he's yeah. in my side at the moment. And <laughs> I'm worried for my eternal soul as a result. And what a point of difference as well. Yeah. He's owned by 0.76% of the team. Yeah. So okay. can you trust him? No. But you, but no. you might be forced to just for the bargain and just for the fact that the role has changed. Yep. Um, okay, so we'll we'll push on. So hopefully that helps you, James. Uh, oh God, no! <laughs> the next question comes from Matt Mottram, who's asking, "How do I bounce back after picking Zach Jones over Caleb Daniel?" I've already apologised, so I yep. feel like we can move on from this. Um, we explained it a little bit to you, mate. I still feel Zach Jones is a hold. Um, maybe try and get Caleb Daniel into your forward line or somewhere else in your back well, we, line. If you we still really can. like both of them. Yeah. Um, he, he had a down week, Zach Jones. And if, if he does continue the slide, that was the first week of the slide and it's just a bit of bad luck. Um, okay, so next question is from Dim Slickies at Dim Nicky Peter. Uh, I know fantasy and draft are a long-term game, but how do you keep positive when you get injuries to Whitfield, Miller, Dangerous Captain, Adams, and Cunningham? And is Rocky a trade-out option for Gaff? 
Um, all right, for the first part, that sounds like a rant, <laughs> which again, we welcome all rants. Everyone needs to get a bit of that steam out, you know, after that weekend. Yeah. Um, and it is hard to stay Whitfield, positive. Don't Miller at danger, Adams and Cunningham. Dangerous oh, cat hurts. That, that really hurts. But right, just so keep how do you stay positive. Yeah. The silver lining. All the other premiums that sucked this week mm-hmm. are going to drop in price. Yep. And I'm thinking off the top of my head, Cornelio. Brayshaw. Brayshaw. Um, I question whether Brayshaw is one you want to look at, but Brayshaw. Brayshaw. Um, Crips will drop a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot there's of... A, there's a couple more I can't think off the top of my head, mm. but that's how you stay positive. And the, the other thing for me is a lot of players own these guys. So if you own all of those guys in a draft league, you are a pretty happy man, particularly if it's a keeper sort of league. Like, those guys are absolute guns. Um, and in a uh, in AFL fantasy, most players out there owned Whitfield, Miller, Dane, and most had Dangerous Captain. Just think about it that way. You're not the only one in this boat. Yep. Um, now, your second part is, is Rocky a trade-out option for Gaff? 100% for me. Uh, yes, for me, but I think you have better trade-out options. Yep, yeah, I, I agree so with that. So, looking at those that list of players, assuming that they're all guys that you've got in AFL fantasy and yep. you want to get Gaff in... Adams is the one I'm looking at. I'm yeah, not agreed. moving Rocky to, to get Gaff. I'm agreed. moving Adams to get Gaff. 100%. Yeah. If if you can get the extra cash from somewhere else, I'd be getting rid of Adams first like, and foremost. Rocky, I'm quite comfortable holding. Yeah, he hasn't been spectacular the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but I'm happy enough holding him. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Ne- oh, God. Next question is from Dating Advice at Dating Advice AFL. I thought they'd forgotten about us. Why the hell are they back? Oh, for for listeners who've who've only joined us recently, last year we got basically trolled by this account who we don't know one hundred percent who set it up, but I'm pretty sure it is past co-host Brody who has made his. I'm not a hundred percent convinced nah, it's Brody, but I think I'm it's Brody. One hundred percent convinced it's someone that we know. Um, and they have trolled us with questions uh, mixing dating advice and AFL fantasy. So regardless, I was. Concerned that we had lost one of our longest term listeners because we haven't heard from them oh, for a while. God. All right, so, so welcome back, dating advice. Yeah. They say hi, extended bench. Much like the AFL, in my relationship, I feel like rules are constantly changing. Do you have any experiences to draw on to help me, and that the AFL players deal with this frustration? No, we move on. <laughs> your questions. Well, you see, dating advice. No, don't do your doctor bill ads, are you, jackass? You've got to go into fantasy with a plan, but remain flexible and agile to deal with whatever comes out. You should see Matt. He's doing (laughs) hand movements like a therapist on the other side of a desk. Oh, man. Okay. um, And remember, I answered this one, so if they come back with another question next week, it's your turn. Yeah, all right. We move on to the next question now. Um, From Raihin, Raihinchi, good friend of the podcast, asking... What would you be doing with the following players in keeper leagues? 10 team with 20 keepers per team. Uh, now he's asked about Bailey Scott, Mason Redman, and Cam Guthrie. Uh, Bailey Scott is a hold if you've got the space for a stash. If it's if you're in a very deep league and you can keep a lot of guys year to year, yep. yes. Stash. If it's a, a shallower it's, sort of league, it's not a deep he's league. a drop. Just drop him. I'm cutting him. Um... Mason Redmond, I'm cutting straight away. I'm, I've never been super I, big on Redmond. I've and never also, been keen on Redmond. He's just so far back in the depth, I feel, at, um, at Essendon. Yep. Um, so I'd cut like, him. I, he's a good player, but 
yeah. think of the guys that he's going to have to leapfrog to get enough ball to be a consistent rebounding defender. They've got um, they've got Saad, they've got mm-hmm. McKenna, they've got um, what's his name? Uh, is that injured? Oh, um, well, they've got Ridley as well in there. They've got oh, there's, there's there is another McGrath's in there McGrath's through the back line as well. Um, it's it's really tough. And you've to... got your Hurleys and Hookers <coughs> who don't mind doing a bit of mm-hmm. rebound as well. Um, not Bagley, the other guy. Gleason. Uh, Gleason, yes. If yeah. he ever comes back from his injury. Yeah, There's a lot of guys there. Mm-hmm. And um, they all play the same role. There's not enough ball to go around for all of them. Now, the last one is interesting to me. That's Cam Guthrie. For me, he's a sell high. Yeah, he is, absolutely. He is dominating at the moment. He has been on an absolute run. I don't think it'll continue exactly like this, despite how good Geelong have been. So I reckon you can sell him quite high. Three games, 98, 90, and 114. I mean, he's been so good. That's awesome like if you honestly in your heart of hearts if you think this can continue keep him yeah because Geelong are looking so good this year and he could go under the radar well, I mean that run that he's got North Bulldogs Gold Coast mm. Sydney Richmond I mean Geelong win every single one of those games and win a lot of them by a lot of points so yeah I mean it's not the worst option to keep but if, if you, you can get a great trade if you're contending I'm keeping him that's if, a selling point if, as well if you're rebuilding Sell him to a contender. Yeah, 100%. Get a, get a young gun, because Cam Guthrie is not young for no. Keeper Leagues. Uh, all right, hope that helps out, Ryan. So, next question is from AJS Hawker. Oh, that is a doozy of a question. Okay. With a third of the season done and dusted, who are your best teams to stream A, defenders, midfielders, or forwards against? Uh, injuries have hit hard, and I'm trying to plug holes every week. Hashtag Keeper League. So, okay, can you repeat that one? So basically what he's asking is, what are the best teams to stream players off the waiver list against for either defenders, forwards, or midfielders? So basically, that's a really tough one without a lot of research. And we, to be honest, we haven't had the time to no. put the research into this. So AJS, we might do a bit of research this week into that. Mm. But just off the top of our heads, it's more of the teams that you want to stream everyone against. Mm. And... Richmond, Gold yeah. Coast. Richmond, Gold Coast are the two key teams. Up a Carlton as well. Just the poorer teams in the competition. Even St Kilda give up some scores now and yeah, then. Not as many though, I don't think. Um, uh, and, and I might actually do the one thing that you're not supposed to do on a podcast and plug someone else. But I actually saw, I think it was Warney from the Traders. Oh, we can, we can plug the Traders. Those yeah. guys are, are just the godfathers I think of AFL fantasy. something about this exact topic on Twitter today mm. or yesterday so have a bit of a look through his stuff because yeah. um, I think he might have answered your question yeah, already so, so the uh, Godfathers of Fantasy Footy you know we can always plug them yeah. we, well we've been listening to them since we were basically teenagers so yeah. um, you can't go wrong with uh, with looking some of, at some of their stats but we will do a little bit we more will, of a yeah, look we'll into, that into that over the week, week and we'll, uh, we'll yep. bring that in the next podcast AJS um, but for now definitely try and get those guys uh, get, who are playing against like Richmond, Carlton, Gold Coast these sorts of teams mate um, okay, so from Paul uh, says, into the top 50 overall this week, is it too early to start worrying about the buys before it all goes pear-shaped? Mate, if you're in the top 50, A, congratulations, but B... Can you give us some advice? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, we, we're not doing too bad, to be honest. Not too uh, bad, no. Um, but top 50, <clears throat> you should definitely be looking at the Absolutely buys now plan, because yeah. you are trying for an overall position finish you need to start looking forward to that. So, um, 
Yeah, this is definitely around about that time. Have a good plan. Try and get... As have a plan, but don't be wedded to the plan. Yes. You have to be flexible because there's going to be shit that comes up, but definitely have a plan. Yeah, 100%. So you want to load up with uh, a lot of those guys in the uh, the back end mm. of the uh, the rounds so that yep. you're not hit super hard in the round 12 buy. And then as the buys continue on in round 13, you can bring in a whole heap of guys that have just had their round 12 buy. Uh, and the same in round 14, you can yep. bring in the round 13 guys as well. Yep. So that's so generally the way you want to structure it. teams, you've got your Adelaide's, your Carlton, Gold Coast, Giants, North and Richmond. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're probably some of the least fantasy-friendly teams. Yep. Um, but round 13's pretty good. You've got mm. um, Melbourne, Cats, Pies, Eagles... Yeah, all right. Good. We've got a few more questions, so we'll try and get through these quickly, guys. Uh, so another one from Matt Mottram saying, "What do we do with Dangerfield? Is Ainsworth a must in this uh, in this week? Um, and who are the best upgrade targets in the mids?" So, I mean, we've mentioned most of this throughout the podcast so far. The probably the only one are the best upgrade targets, and I still feel players like Gaff and Fife this week are the two that you should be looking I at. I really like Fife this week, yeah. Fife is a great option, so he, he'd be my number one because of the price and also because of the um, uh, his just his scoring ability and his run coming up. Yep. Um, um, Crips I quite like next week or the week after. Yeah, just too expensive this week, I yeah. would suggest. Taranto I don't mind as a bit of a point of difference. Yep. He's pretty cheap as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cogs in a couple of weeks I think he'll drop in price Agreed um, Okay next question yeah. was from um, Oh and sorry Trelaw Yeah Trelaw as well Great option Trelaw yeah. is a great option um, Russ2468 has asked uh, How does Lloyd go against Essendon? Uh, with Cunningham out Could he get even more of the ball And be a captain option? My Keeper League alternative captions are, captains Are Kelly, McRae, Fife or Neil So I'd be chucking the captaincy on Fife Just yeah, me straight too. up um, <clears throat> Yeah Like don't get me wrong. I think, yes, it could help Lloyd. Yeah, it could. Um, however, I think it's just as likely to help someone like Zach Jones or, um, or I mean, even someone else like Dane Rampey could randomly score well this week. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't think Lloyd will have the option to get more of the ball specifically because he already gets so damn much of it. Yeah. Um, but it's just whether or not Essendon pay particular attention to him. I think that's yeah a bigger factor. So I think Lloyd will do well. Do well. I think he does well yep. virtually every week. Exactly. But I think Fife's got a big ceiling this week. So yep. I'd be going Fife, mate. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question from James, who's asked, uh, "What can Cam Guthrie average for the rest of the season? Looks like he's got a midfield role at the minute. We, we we've talked about him that. a little bit, but if you're asking for what we think he could average, I think that he averages about." Between 90 and 95 for me. I don't think he's a 100 guy this year. Yeah, that probably feels about right. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't be moving heaven and earth to bring him in, but if you want him as a POD, it's not the worst option. Uh, and last question this week is from Craig at Subdub, long-time listener, uh, who's asking, best midfield to bring in between Merritt, Taranto, Dylan Scheel, and Fife. Uh, I think we've already answered that because we're both super keen on that Fife. Taranto would be... The next best option for me, um, with Merritt after that, and then Shield as my last choice. Would you change that order? Uh, sorry, I was just checking something else. Who have you got again? So I would go Fife, Taranto, Merritt, and Shield. That would Fife, be my Taranto, order. Taranto, Merritt, yeah. Yep, yep, that would be my order as well. Great. Okay, so that's the questions for this week. Uh, unless you've got one more sitting somewhere there, Matt. That one that you missed. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, I did miss one from Brody. Okay. 
good friend of the podcast, maybe not a good friend anymore. <laughs> um, so Brody has asked. I actually don't have that on my list here, so you might have to oh, read that one. Okay. Out, um, he goes, Tom Lynch from Richmond. What's your assessment on his long-term potential in a keeper league? Uh, also, who goes first in fantasy? Gus playing on a wing or Wither who's just meh? All right, first up, uh, Tom Lynch. Uh, I think he's, he's just a hold in a keeper league. Um, I would suggest that over the next couple of years, he might be about an 80 averaging player, 80 to 85, and then he could move up into that mid-90s um, as Richmond, you know, yeah. get, start to get better. I think Richmond have to retool their game plan yeah. over the next so obviously the couple last, of years. The last three rounds, he's gone 40, 42, and 33, which is why you'd be asking. Mm-hmm. I think, though... Yeah, like you said, they need to rejig their game plan a little bit and get used to playing with him as such a dominant forward. Yeah. And the other thing is we haven't seen him play in conjunction with Jack Rewell much. Exactly. And he's coming back off a pretty major knee injury. So in a keeper league, unless you, unless he's holding you back from contending right now, mm-hmm. I'd be holding him. Yeah. And, and even if you are contending, I'd be trying to find a way to hold him. And last question was, uh, uh, who goes first in fantasy out of Angus Brayshaw and Witherden? I'd be getting rid of Witherden first, because Angus yeah. Brayshaw at least has the run on the boards. We know what he did last year. We know his past, how good a score he is. And Witherden, we yep. were hoping he would do well this year, but he hasn't. Yeah, Wither, I'd move on first. The other benefit for Gus is he plays Gold Coast this week. Agreed. So he could go massive this week. You just don't know, unless he cops the uh, Miller... Uh, tag so be interesting to see alright now that we've gone through all the questions from Twitter and remember you can get in touch with us anytime at Extended Bench AU flick us a uh, tweet flick us a question we're more than happy to answer anytime we're going to jump into our favourite game of the week which is Risk It For The Biscuit we're here to help you out with any of those you know risky waiver wire pickups that you can bring in for one week who are going to score well that particular round someone that you need to get over an injury someone that you need to come up against a particularly tough matchup the only catch is they have to be owned by less than 50% of the ultimate footy competition and we can't have chosen them once before in the year so to get us started how did we last go last week, week you went with ridley and patton Ridley from Essendon, not good enough. No deal. Patton from um, St Kilda may have been worse. Yeah, so we'll move past that, shall we? I went with Charlie Cameron, who came oh so close to getting me a point with 73. And yet he didn't. And yet he didn't. But Mason Wood, 90. Yeah, all right. That's two points, my friend, as a forward. Well, 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 well. uh, Yeah, that is two points as a forward. Well done. Good so job. the score currently is three to me, one to you. Yeah, and I, which just goes to show how bad we are at this game. Yeah, but I also maintain that I have won the last two years in a row. If you win this year, and I'm not supplying you with a trophy until you <laughs> supply me with two. Yeah, because cool. you still haven't done that. Fair cool. All right, so I think I've got the first pick this week, if I um, remember correctly. Yeah, you might do. So I'm going to uh, start off by. Asking you for a uh, for a judgment here, oh, okay, then. because I've got a player who is owned by fifty one percent of the competition, and I feel like ah, oh, no, well, there's a rule, dude. Fifty one percent. I think we could go an over or under on this. I no, there's a rule. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. I had a guy who's fifty two percent owned, and I haven't used it. This guy's fifty one percent owned. It's a whole one percent. All right, all right, all right, all right. So I'll go with the guy who's forty eight percent owned. Yeah, that that is allowed. All right, and that is Adam Chera. 
from Fremantle. So good, good choice. Poor start to the year, but after coming, having a, a good score this week in particular with a, an 84, he's had 104 earlier this year, but still only averaging in the 60s. He's coming up against Richmond this week, mm. and that's what I really love. So a lot of it's that matchup. So you've got to be willing to stream some of these guys against the Richmonds, Gold Coast, and Carlton's of the world. Um, I think he's going to put up a particularly good score for a forward this week. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, he can get you around about a 90 or so, um, considering he got similar this week against Adelaide, who are a much tougher uh, yeah. team to come up against. Uh, they're playing at home as well. Always helps, All yep. pointing towards a good score. Yep. So I no, really I, like Adam Cherry. I love your chair. I quite like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good one. Um, all right, so my number one is going to be... Ooh. Lockhart from Melbourne. Jay Lockhart, yep. 11% owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's probably, yeah, not not the uh, the most widely owned guy in ultimate footy. No. For me, the thing is that he's playing Gold Coast this week. Yep. And... He plays that half-forward slash wing-type role where he can get up and be involved in a lot of forward entries. Mm -hmm. I think that Melbourne will probably have a few forward entries against Gold Coast. Yep. Um, So I'm hoping that they can capitalise on how much Gold Coast have been leaking lately. And that's pretty much the extent of my thinking. (laughs) I like the extent of your thinking there, mate. Um, Now, I am just... Because apparently I didn't write down my third option, so I'm frantically checking my uh, my ultimate footy page to bring up his stats. So I'm going to let you select your second option oh, that's very first. Generous, yeah, well, I've got to do my <laughs> impromptu research. Hey, you you make the rules; I just enforce them. That's true. <laughs> Alrighty, so my second option, um, I'm going to go with. Oh, jeez, mm. I'm not even sure who I'm going with. Um, Let's go with Baker. Yep. Liam Baker. Yep. From Richmond as a forward. He's 44% owned. He's had a couple of good scores already this year. 74 versus the Swans. 82 versus Melbourne. And 96 versus mm-hmm. the Dogs. He's got Frio this week. Uh, the danger is that Frio defense has actually been quite effective. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance they might shut him down. But I just like what he's been putting up so yeah. far this year. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay. I am going with a defender. Uh, so 49% owned uh, from Richmond so it's the opposite there Sydney Stack yep. so this guy just has looked so good and so calm and so collected this year look he's had some down scores in there don't get me wrong but uh, he's had two 89s in there as well which shows a decent ceiling for this sort of guy that you're bringing in off the waiver list um, now and a 75 in there as well mm-hmm. so some pretty decent ones in there uh, I think his role is good Yep. Uh, they want to get the ball in his hands. He's a good distributor. He's also a hard-nosed sort of tackling player. Yep. So he likes to get in and under too. I think all of the signs are pretty good. If you if he's unowned in a keeper league in particular, go out and yeah. grab him yeah, because absolutely. he is value and he could be something special. This is his first year, remember. Yep. And he did rack up the ball at underage level. The only reason he wasn't drafted quite highly was there was some issues surrounding his you know off-field um, manner, um, whether or not he would really um, uh, thrive in the air ex- exactly yep. but we've seen players like Tim Kelly just come in and smash it uh, mm-hmm. against people who doubted them for those sorts yep. of reasons in the past um, so yeah Sydney yep, Stack I, I like it this week really against like Richmond Stack. As uh, against I Fremantle said, sorry as soon as I said Baker I had instant regret because Stack was the other guy I was tossing up yep. um, I think he's going to go well this week yep. I think the fact against Frio there'll be a lot of intercepting opportunities for mm-hmm. him. So I think it's great. Honourable mention as well, just yeah, to the guy that I was going to pick, is Brian Myers. 
Yeah, Gr- that's grind mine done as fifty two percent owned actually. I haven't fifty one, so it may have been different times we logged in actually to but check. But yeah, he was going to be my honourable mention so as well. Fifty one percent owned. I had fifty two for you. Uh, amazing years, averaging seventy nine, coming off back to back nineties in a row, and he's playing North Melbourne this week. So if he's unowned, go out and grab him. Yes, in, I, in a in a shallow redraft league, no, but in a deeper league. Love it. Yep. Absolutely love and it. And I'd be streaming him over any of those other four guys we've met listed. Agreed. Okay. Well, that's the podcast for this week, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget, if you listen to us on iTunes, jump on, give us a review, give us a rating. We always love reading that sort of thing from you guys. Um, and if you do have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. We'll be back next week to cover off everything from round eight of the fantasy season. Uh, until then, hope you have a great week. Hope your premiums actually decide to do well this week. And hopefully you pick all the right rookies. Have a great weekend, guys.